Ireland Talks podcast with Kevin Byrne. Hello and welcome to Ireland Talks podcast. On this episode of the podcast, I'm joined by an Irish singer-songwriter, better known as lead singer of the Hothouse Flowers. I am, of course, talking about the brilliant Liam O'Mainley. Liam and I sat down in the beautiful surroundings of the Garden of Remembrance in Dublin's city centre on a lovely, bright summer's morning. And we had a fantastic chat. I hope you enjoy it as much as I did. Well, Liam, I'd like to thank you for, for joining me, first of all, for the podcast. As I said, we're here in the, the beautiful Garden of Remembrance. I want to take you back, uh, I suppose, to your childhood. And, and you grew up in a very musical family. Both parents, uh, both your mom and dad, were musical, musical. piano, mm. uh, plenty of singing. And I've, I've heard you said that the Irish language you didn't really have to learn it. It was, in a sense, given to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. And yeah, it's 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 a wild thing. And when you stop to think about the details of 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 your own life and and my, and my life, you know, because I spoke this language that I never had to learn. You know, so I didn't like just like a child doesn't know that. What they're doing while while they're learning to do it sometimes you know a child is learning to walk just because because everyone else is doing it or because they're they have an instinct to just get up on there just yeah. to move forward to move 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 and to do and you know we have our instincts to do and we have our instincts to make sounds and to talk and to to make music and to forage and to and to dig and to hunt and whatever else and fight and love and all of these different instincts that we have, and um, and and then you know, so you s- sort of simplifying what you see in life with your own self. I did a lot of walking during this time, and it's it it's, it's, it was great. I actually f- realised that my highs, my highs had come from making music, really, and making music. You become a ponderous type of a person. Um, you, it, it requires or it, it offers interesting reflections. Like when you're in the thick of music, your mind can sometimes move in a different way and you might, you might come up with ways of seeing things that you might not normally come up with. And, but I found the walking was great. Um, it kind of eclipsed all of those things that I thought were, were vital, and I still think are vital, but it sort of eclipsed them, that I can find the bliss that I need, the, 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 the joy that I that I get from music, I can find it just by getting out and and, and seeing the wind blowing through yeah. the trees and and seeing a fox and smelling the air and just slowing my head down and, and getting rid of the words in my head and just letting it just experience. Yeah. And yeah. But so language, the Irish language, yeah, to 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 to, to come into a world where you know everywhere this English language is being spoken and. It is the it is the language that we are using, um, but that my dad felt it important to give me these other sounds, um, and then to you know to go to school and realize oh okay this is this is other people do this too and then going down to West Kerry and seeing Corcovina people do it there too and that's where it blew my mind that's where something like something of an electrical connection happened between me 
and my understanding of these sounds that I was making with my dad I, and, and, and the land, you know, the, yeah. the, the islands and all of these things had names and, and that the people moved musically and spoke musically, really. Yeah. He, lo he loved that la uh, relationship between the, the language, the land and the people. Yeah. And, and he travelled around the country and, and I suppose experienced an awful lot of different things in the country. Yeah. You yeah. know, and back then I, I can imagine that was a, obviously a different time to now and I, I'd say a beautiful time in I'd a sense. I'd say a beautiful time, yeah. yeah. I'd say you'd, you'd meet people who, who's, whose understanding of things would go back quite a few generations, you know. Because yeah. I think, yeah, well, there's a settled a settledness in a community. The memory of the generations is allowed to pass through and to remain in the present with yeah. people, you know, so. Is it, is it true your dad went to school with Sean O'Reilly? Yeah, they were in the same, they went to Farron Ferris in the same class together. And um, yeah, Sean O'Reilly was, you know, he was, he was the man for me. He kind of, his rec, the, the live album, Oriya the Sigeti, was the album in our house, and it was it. That was everything I needed. Mishaira. Mishaira was, was the, was, yeah, was the, the, the film composition, but that, yeah. that you know, f just simply put, the live band, the gig, the sound of, the sound of music taken off, and the sound of people responding to the music in the pale in dublin where you know society can tend to try and move away from its roots quite quickly in a city that's kind of almost designed to keep us hypnotized you know shops and lights and roads and corners it's a maze it's a maze that keeps us away from our from, from our connections and, and and traditional music brings us back and i think or the new that it was important to sort of to explode, to reignite this music in the city. I mean, and it was happening, of course. There was all kinds of movements going on, and his his was one. And um, I think so many traditional bands that exist now can, you know, tip their hat to Sean O'Leary. And the piano in in your house obviously was it was a huge thing. Your your mom it goes it went back generations on your mom's side. Uh, she and yeah, my grandfather and so her dad and then her her aunt, her uncle as well was a, an organ player somewhere as far as I know, and her aunt was a singer. Maggie Lydon was her name. She she was kind of a uh, she would have been a, a peer of of Margaret Burke Sheridan, who was a well known um, singer of the time, in the kind of the style of bel canto you know kind yeah. of uh, operatic kind of a style but yeah so there was that and then further back her people would have been Connemara as well and of course that really really uh, moves me that yeah I went to the school Skolurkon I went to was all Connemara teachers or Connacht Galway mostly teachers and um, west 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 of Galway and um, it was fun, you know, that there was an infusion of attitude in being taught just by being around these people. Yeah. The way they moved, the way 
the way the language again was spoken and the, the, the it's a it's a language that um you just love to speak it you know it's it 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 makes you feel good when you speak it and you i could see that all these teachers they'd be chatting among, and you you could see there was a wavelength more than even the words they were speaking there was a wavelength among them so i think my little eyes weren't putting these words on those feelings but when i look back these are the words that i put on what i what i was feeling then you know um yeah james joyce played your your granddad's piano at, at one stage he popped in to the house i think because because of um he wanted to know i think about maggie Lydon, and um he knew my grandfather was her cousin um, and the, and yeah, I guess he was the kind of guy who'd gravitate towards an instrument if there was one in the room. So yeah, yeah I mean, I don't know. James Joyce competed against McCormack in at Middle at Middle Abbey Street, where that venue is now. Um, there was a competition, a fesh, a fesh Kewell and Joyce. Yeah, Joyce and, and I think Joyce didn't become a singer because he wasn't great at the. Um, the, the 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 mathematical side of music, you know, the, the yeah theory. He was a, he was a but he was a great singer. He might have been a singer. I was at, I was in Sligo, at a at a kind of a small like a mini community festival, that was run by some people there, and uh, they were discussing Leonard Cohen and James Joyce, and um, and how Cohen was a novelist who became a singer and Joyce was a singer who became a novelist and yeah you know it was nice it was a nice uh, symmetry to that what type of music were, were you listening to in your in your teens like obviously trad was a big part of of yeah the house um but did you did you you obviously ventured into different genres yeah well i was a teenager in dublin yeah and a teenager in in a in a world that was reaching out to itself you know london was calling um elvis died that was a huge a huge um of happening you know this this giant of of voice of a voice and of of an icon so i got a big when he died i got a big blast of his his music you know mm. it, every for a week the radio just played elvis and um, all kinds of El and, and lots of Elvis films and stuff, but fun. But traditional music was such a strong identity. Um, you know, in school, the teenage, the, the kids who were older than me, the ones I, I would idolise were traditional musicians: pipers, concertina players, bazooki, whistles, bowerons, and they would put together bands. And very often at lunchtime in the sort of the hall they'd be sitting playing and you know music as good as I've ever seen before or since so that was a really strong foundational I could have I could have stayed with that probably but but yeah punk was 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 punk rock came after Elvis died and it was kind of peer a peer thing my my friend from down the road was really into it so so I kind of followed along with that and uh, I loved the visual 
side of it. People were making their own image and I think that is very important, very interesting that people were sort of, uh, well they were getting their parents clothes and turning yeah. them into something else. Very creative yeah. on a cultural level yeah. and um, yeah, how, how we how we adorn ourselves, I suppose, human beings, has always been a marking, a mark of identity for mm. for a time and for a people, for a place. So punk, yeah, punk, punk was good fun. Punk was uh, it was just a it was a perfect thing for a young teenager, I suppose, mm. and to to feel part of a movement as well. Yeah. The, the teens were saying, no, we're not we're not happy with with what's going on and. People to overlook the fact that Johnny Lydon was an extremely eloquent human being yeah. and continues to be, and actually a, a love, a very, very angry but a very loving human being as well. So there was the heart, and and also like Galway, a Galway man, you know, in a, in, in ancestrally, his, I think his dad was from Connemara, yeah. so you know, and so to know that that. Yeah. And Leiden is my mother's name, so and yeah. he's a Leiden. And my mum would often say we're related. You never know. You yeah, never you know. definitely never know. Yeah. And and obviously you mentioned London, but you, you went to London. I went to London when I was eighteen. Yeah, and I was kind of in. I was. I. I. I'd, I'd probably say I was in the depths of a of some kind of a post. Post institutional depression, just out of school, out of. Out of a kind of an, a, a, a rule, a rule-filled existence that I might have created myself, but um, I was, I, I, I was, I, I was 18, and I was still having to toe some kind of line that I really did not understand. So I kind of said, "I'm out of here," and I went, I went to London, and very little happened. You yeah. know, I, 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 I probably when I look at what was going on in London culturally with with my people at the time I probably could have thrived in London but I'd probably still be there then mm. you know because it was a huge part of the explosion of the Irish music scene was was actually nourished by the London yeah. Irish music scene right. and the Manchester Irish music yeah. scene and you know there's a kind of a probably a an authenticity that's that's heightened by by distance maybe yeah that comes from the music there so but so I, I like thinking about that but um yeah, I did very little. I, I lived in a squat. I, um, you know, I lived in a squat really. I, I watched, saw somebody inject themselves one time. You know, there was a lot of. I was living in a squat where, where drugs were were part of, part of the scene. I wasn't really. I knew, I think, common general education was pretty good, at least in my family about. Yeah. What was what was dangerous you knew enough to, to and you know enough to go yeah there's no there's, it's very hard to turn back from that yeah so you would have you would have taken a lot of I suppose lessons in a sense out of what you've seen in London when you come back to Dublin for example you you you, you embarked down on going to, to Trinity yeah so you kind of flipped from I one flipped, well, yeah it, it's kind of like I surrendered going yeah. to Trinity for me was surrendering because that, that's what was expected of me was to continue this education that I had no, I had really no use for. But, but then having said that, third level education I used 
it was the foundation of um, of my band. Yeah, you know, and it was circles of friends, circles upon circles of friends fill a room quite quickly, and then if you've got something to offer, that room might keep being filled. You know, so that's kind of how that all worked. So, yeah, I used the piano in Trinity to write a few songs. Um, it was the social aspect of university, definitely. I took advantage of. Yeah. So then the flowers formed. You started busking on, on Grafton Street. Was that, the, was that the beginning? The very beginning? No. We started as a band. Okay. And we started as a band that sang songs in Irish that were, were of a blues, jazz kind of a nature. And um, we competed in a competition called Sloga. And we won. And there was a moment in Ennis where we come, where we where we performed, and uh, it it was a crystal moment, one of those crystal moments where you go, okay, this is it, this is what I'm doing, this is what. And so Fiechen and myself continued, and we met another guy who was a drummer, and and so we were sort of three, and then we had Maria Doyle Kennedy, that made four, and that was the that was the first. Uh, of the of what was to be the hothouse flowers and we did our first gig as that formation was in um, on a sunday in the magic carpet and it was pretty desperate but it was interesting enough for those circles of friends and family to come again and see what what are they going to do next yeah and then the third time the second time was better and the third time again had that crystal moment and walking down morehampton's morehampton road back to the couch that I was sleeping on at the time. Morehampton Road was like some great boulevard of wonder, you know, yeah. two o'clock in the morning and I'd, uh, we'd, done a, we'd done the gig, you know, and there was a sparkle. There was yeah. this real sparkle yeah. in the night. And yeah, so that was it. That was, that was the beginning of Hothouse Flowers. So th th then a record deal obviously came along. How did, that, how did that happen? Or did it just happen? The record deal happened um, well, we, we had a big... So you mentioned the busking. The busking happened because I had moved out of home. Yeah. And I needed to pay rent. Okay. So that was really the main reason for busking. And I knew, like, the gigs were giving us a fiver max, you know, at the time. Mm. Um, so the busking needed to be something more... The bu I, busking, I knew we could make more. And But I realised also that the busking exposed an animal that was inside of me, a creative beast that was willing to sort of jump into something without knowing what it really was. And, uh, you know, I found a sort of a rock and roll identity with, within that. And, and, and yeah, it's sort of a sense of occupying Grafton Street with music felt older than the buildings around us, would have been how I described it. Um, you know, we were... I think human beings, we, we're meant to dance and sing outside on the land and that there is actually probably a physical, metaphysical interplay going on when that happens and not, not saying that that's what was going on then for us but definitely it was a sense of playing with the energy of what was coming out of me with the energy that was coming out of Fiatna and then the energy that was coming out of the people who were watching and it's just playing. Yeah, playing like a kid plays, and um, but that got that got us exposure. That got us onto the late late show, 
and that got us the attention of uh, Bono who you two had a label called Mother Records and they gave us our first recorded single they gave us our first single Love Don't Work This Way yeah and uh, they'd heard a demo of that song and they, they kind of went oh my god who's this and what's this and um, Maria was yeah the two of us were singing that song and uh yeah, that, that's kind of that was the foundation of everything, and then we had to make a change of management. Management was my friend Eamon Bohushin, and we had a he he had other fish to fry. We 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 parted company, and we were adrift. We kind of thought we didn't need a manager, and we were adrift for a bit. And then we tried this guy, we tried this other guy, we tried this other guy, and then this other guy came along, and so then we had management, and then we were kind of. Then it, then it kind of became business, and in a way, the crystal magic was done for a bit, mm. and uh, it was a lot of hard work, and uh, a lot of yeah, a lot of going on tour for months on end, and um, yeah, that was a that was a that was another time. Yeah, the, the first the first album was People. Mm, yeah. There's two songs in that album, and obviously everybody will know because it's a it's a national anthem in a sense. Don't go. Yeah. When everybody hears Don't Go, it's I grew up with Don't Go. Yeah. I don't know who didn't. Yeah. In 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 my age, but but it's a very upbeat song, but it's it's about a friend yeah. of yours that that had passed. Yeah. Is that, that right? Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah, that's right. And yeah, it, it, I did like when when it got its first real major um, exposure on the Eurovision as a as a it was an interval act yes. on the Eurovision. I introduced it and I explained that it was in memory of Eamon, who who was a, a fellow of my own age, a year older, I think he was, and uh, he drew. He was a he was good at drawing, and so was I, and. So I love meeting this guy because, you know, we had that in common. And um, my dad and his dad were best friends, but his dad died very young as well. So I remember my dad coming in to our house, coming home the back door, and I'd never seen him so, it was like he'd walked in from a storm. I'd never seen him so devastated. Yeah. And it was his young friend, you know, his, I, I don't even know had he turned 40 yet. Had, had a heart attack and uh, but that then forged a friendship between Eamon's mother and my mother and therefore kind of forged forged a relationship between them and and me and Eamon and the kids and Eamon's mom and Aim and Eamon came to a few of our gigs and Eamon I remember Eamon and my dad coming to a very significant gig in um, the, in the the, the top hat in Dunlera and my dad gave me a hundred pounds out of pride, you know, out of kind of good man. And and Eamon was with him. And I'd say it was a month later when uh, we were to play up in in Galway and and Eamon and his mom were going to come to that gig and we were going to have a great old time. And, yeah. uh, and we got a call from Eamon's mum saying that Eamon had been in a crash the night before. And the way she was such a strong woman, having lost her husband, she always had a levity in her voice. And uh, so in a way, I thought he'd just broken his leg. And I thought he'd even, you know, she threw him into the car anyway. 
but he damaged his head and so he was in a coma and uh, unable to to function as, as would have been expected of him and, and he spent a year in that coma and I went to visit him one of the times and after that visit it was a day a day like today or it's a day like the first day where the weather has definitely changed you know it was a day where you could smell everything and um, and then I went straight from the hospital to rehearsal space and two chords were being played and, and I just came out with these words it wasn't much thinking went into it at all and I didn't even think it was a good song it's alright yeah I just thought yeah it's alright like it's got it, you know it'll do kind of thing but um, it wasn't until we went into the studio and we started really you know just put, yeah. uh, adding just a bit of texture and, and just hearing it again and again going my god this is this is a record yeah. this is a record and yeah. And on the same record, If You Go is also about... It's the sister song, yeah. 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 And it's I, obviously it's the more... It's more serious version. Yeah. It's more obvious. It's more obvious. Um, in terms of... You obviously became... You know, the fame came into it. Yeah. How, how did you deal with that? And, and did you like it? And did you like what you've seen? Well, it's interesting... Um, I was, I was kind of, I was feeling, you know, we had a poster campaign just before Love Don't Work came out. Love Don't Work came out on the 4th of May and we put out this photograph of me where you could just see my eyes and may the 4th be with you and no, nothing else, just that was it. And uh, I was thinking, oh, that's the end of my life as, as, as it is now. But then, then I realized I was always a musician. And in a way, like in school, you know, if you're a musician, then you are famous. You know, people know you that you and you don't know them because you've been up on the stage. You've been either representing the school or representing yourself or just when you're when you're a musician, you're 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 something else. And you've got a name, you're, you know, similar to a shopkeeper or a or somebody who's known in the community to do something and yeah. in a way that that really is all that fame is it's just uh, uh, but people do trade on fame and people feel people measure their measure their happiness on fame but mm. but actually that's that's where the pitfalls are fame itself is only that it's only people know you for something and uh, and thankfully I feel it's something you know, pretty good, or something of of a certain amount of value. Certain, certainly honest. You know, we, we definitely felt uh, came from the heart. Yeah. Songs from the rain. Uh, that album came along, probably in my opinion, one of the the greatest Irish records that was ever released. Uh, some fantastic songs. There's two songs I want to ask you about. Uh, one for me, uh, I, I just find it magical every time I listen to it. If I'm particularly if I'm travelling west, it's always in the car, and that song is good for you. Mm, mm. I love that song. It has it has so many things. When, when I listen to you singing it, it 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 feels like it's very personal. Mm. But for me, it can suit what I'm thinking. Mm, yeah, yeah. Well, which is what. Which is the dream come true for a, for a poet, I suppose, for somebody who writes words. I mean, and that that's they're the songs that I love that I that 
the singer is is I'm in the singer's head. It's like a good novel. You're you are the you are the person in the novel kind of. And uh, well, good for you. Yeah, it was just that idea is like this is good for me. You know, it's good for me. Don't, don't like don't run away or don't don't try and drag me in, into another direction. I think is 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 probably the muscle that I'm I'm or the the, the, the that's what the call is or the cry is like we, you don't need to we don't need to invent something for this because it's it's already it's good for me it's, it can be good for you trust this life is unknown every day we really do not know what's going to come next and the more we try for the, the, the business that I what I chose to to live a life that actually embraces that that you know making improvising music I love and um, and I, I felt that with the band that uh, I had people who who were like-minded in, in a certain amount of way are willing to run with me and to trust there's a certain instinct involved where you you, you go okay I'm going down this road I don't know why but I have a feeling that this is the way to go and I think we all do that way more than we think that we actually act on instinct on, on our, our, our decisions and um, but you know that the business comes along and a string of words will make everyone go oh that's what we should be doing instead of going no no this is what we should be doing that will happen yeah but uh, so you know where people try and put the cart before the horse putting the business before the art is I think is a painful uh, a painful way of going about life for me anyway definitely one other song on that album and maybe you're not asked about it a lot but for me again I, I always have this vision of being up a mountain in the middle of a, a forest and and you know gypsy fair oh yeah yeah well, that's that was very simple. That that, that there wasn't much contemplation went into writing that at all. We, mm. um, for some reason, London Records wanted us to meet, and it might have might have come from the American wing of of the label. They wanted us to meet a songwriter. Will Jennings is his name, and he co-wrote like he co-wrote a lot of great Oscar-winning songs. He's part of the Academy, okay. and. Uh, I was kind of going, what are, what are we meeting this guy for? But then I, he rang me up and we had this great Texan, great drawl, easy going man. Um, and I just, you know, kind of realized how bad a trip to America to, to do some songwriting. And so he had this chorus going, to, going that is it. He just had this chorus okay. and we, we kind of filled in the gaps. We put in the verses and I, I, I suppose I, because he'd used the word gypsy, um, which I suppose it, it's 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 a it's a word that that can change weight. It, it can be a derogatory term huh? as much as uh, as anything else. And um, but yeah, I, I I felt you know to, to I felt I was I was um, bowing or honoring the traveling people of, of our of our country the ancient people of our country the people whose DNA goes back the farthest in this country and yeah um, the people who witness the sky more than any of the rest of us the people who carry our traditional music who carried it when 
it was forbidden. Yeah. You know, the 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 Dorans and and the Dorans and the the, 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 yes, the Dorans, the Dolans, the, the McDonough's, yeah. all the different families, and uh, and just the nomadic people, you know, the people who actually hold on to a, a more, um, it's a much more su sustainable lifestyle. It's not dependent, like this, these cities, I remember um, when, when, the, when the fire happened in, uh, in Paris, the, uh, the church, the church, yeah. the, the Notre Dame. Yeah. You know, it was all. It was like a great. I mean, yeah. I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for your trouble. But like, we were never buildings people, really. Um, that whole idea was. We had to. We had to uh, accept. And. Um, I grieve. I grieve for uh, for communities that lose their children. I don't really grieve for a building. Um, you know, I hope. You know, and then, uh, there, there was a forest. Apparently, a forest of wood up in that room. Um, it was made from one forest. The, the the room that went on fire. Yeah. Um. But yeah. So I mean, I think that's, and and I I, I feel strongly enough about that that. I love cities, and but I don't. Uh, I, I'm not going to be holding a placard to save anything that is just bricks and mortar. I can appreciate beauty, definitely. But if if the the beautiful Bank of Ireland got flattened, yeah, I wouldn't be sad. You know, I'd yeah. like. To, I'd be glad to see the sky and see what grows there. So, so seven years after about seven years in, in the flowers and, and a lot of touring and so on, you, you decided you wanted to step away. Yeah. Is, is that was that because you just didn't like what you seen, or you were too managed? Yeah, it was it was too tight. It was too it was too planned, really, for me. There was I, there was far more calling inside of me then was being allowed to happen. I didn't want to live a life that I wasn't allowed to do stuff. And I felt I felt one way or another I wasn't I that was limited. But a lot of that is my own thinking and uh, but yeah it was it was the numbers weren't matching up so and my dad had died. I just felt it was time. I needed. I hadn't seen Four Seasons in Ireland, or in any one place, for for those seven years. So that's what I wanted. That's what I needed. Yeah. And uh, it's kind of like I've only have this life, you know, at the moment. That's all I have. Yeah. So I have to. I had to call it. And I'd given seven years to them. And um, was it was it a tough time? Like. In terms of the other band members, how did they take it? Oh yeah, they, they weren't too happy about it. You know, it was it, it the, the rug was taken out from un, from under them. But I think we all made changes um, that needed to be made. Who's to say what is right? I don't know. You know, but uh, yeah, it, it it wasn't it wasn't a popular vote. How do you switch off from the world in general? Well. Ah, you know, there's loads of ways. Walking is 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 a beautiful way of doing it, I think, and and working on the internal, the quiet, the quiet being, 
you know, the person that um, the work, the person that witnesses everything, um, nourishing that. Suppose we, we we all have favourite places in Ireland. For me, is it will be Doolin. Mm. So when I go there, I just feel that I'm that much more connected with mm. the land, the song. Mm. So much of it came from there. Yeah. Um, for you, where do you find? Where where's your place in Ireland? Oh God, anywhere, really, yeah. anywhere. Once I'm out the door, I, 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 you know, something, something really does click. Once I get out the door and the roof has gone from over my head, I feel very good. Um, but for a long time, I wanted to live in Doon Queen, West Kerry. Yeah. Um, like basically, since we started going there, I want, I wanted to be there a lot more. And I don't know how it just didn't happen in, in all of those years that I could have probably just done that. Um, but I just didn't. It just, I, I always stayed in Dublin. But I always felt I, I always felt I was a country boy, really. Yeah. Anyway, but yeah, so anywhere. I mean, Leitrim, I was up there last week and God, it's so beautiful. Yeah. Majestic. And uh, Cavan, I was in Cavan. We've got a friend in Cavan and just had a, the most magic time there. Just every day swimming in a lake and chatting to people, the friendliest people. There Lovely people. Really. They get a lot of, uh, they get a lot of stick for their... For, their, for the meanness. <laughs> their meanness, yeah, yeah, that's it, yeah. But fantastic characters. Fantastic and the yeah. kindest people as well. So kind. Yeah. So kind. And future projects, Liam, do you have any? Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, working, I'm working on something with a dancer from, uh, from the Basque country. At the moment, we're just logistically throwing things back and forth. We were brought together um, it, through another project that happened in Cabrún Rua in Connemara, which is another place. I'd, I, I told them that I wanted to be buried there when I was there. I just felt strongly about something about being there. Wow. And uh, there was a show happened there in a factory, a, a, an unused factory. And we created a show at just towards the end of last year. And it had a Basque dancer, it had a, Scot a Scottish singer, Scottish piper, it had a, a Cornish poet, it had an Irish actor, it had myself, it had a piper, Matthew, it had a, it had a Frisian poet as well, which would have been, which would be Northern Netherlands. And um, we created a very interesting piece of art, but I created a dancer, between myself and this uh, Amaya is her name, um, Basque dancer, we created this piece which involved her dancing and me playing and uh, she said she wants to do more of that. So, so at the moment we're just on the logistical creation of the thing and uh, I, think from, I think from December through until May I'll be kind of in and out of that project. And, um, and for the flowers, is you know, obviously gigs are not happening at the moment. But not happening there, at the there moment. is a little light at the end. There's of a the little time. light, yeah. yeah. We're, we've we've got plans. We did we did a lot of streaming, and we did one thing which was representing Irish music and the land. And um, they want somebody wants to put that on tour in America. 
That was fantastic, actually. That uh, the RTE series. It was just it was just a one-off thing. Yeah. But yeah, it was a one-off show. Oh yes, yeah. And we were playing in in Temple Bar. Yeah. yeah. That's and the loads one, yeah. of different artists were here, yeah. there, here, there, and everywhere. So you know they want us to do something um, around America next next year. So that's on the cards. Um, that's exciting. And that's that's it is it is kind of exciting, yeah. But you, but that will probably be just a, a short. I don't think you're into the long away stuff. No, gone not for really. ages. No, no, it doesn't it doesn't mean it doesn't mean that much to me. I enjoy it though. I enjoy it now because I can throw myself fully into it. Yeah. Uh, but because because I know it's like okay, there's going to be three weeks. And that'll be it. Then yeah. I'll be back home, so yeah. I can, I can really absorb it and taste it. Would you it. describe yourself as a home bird? Um, no, I, I, I am a, I'm, I like to travel. I like to move around, but, uh, but, I like being home as well. I don't know. I, I don't know what, how yeah. I describe myself at the yeah. moment. I think it's kind of, it's a transitional time. A lot of, a lot of the, be, the, the. the the bottom of the barrel has been sh stirred up in this last year, you know, so... Um, I, w I wonder, is it some kind of warning to us? Like, we, we, we've... The world, in a sense, and has been living in a... I suppose uh, nobody is sitting back to relax. Nobody is really... In, in my opinion, nobody yeah. is really seeing what life should be about. Yeah. And this has really kind of given us an, an, an awakening to that. I feel I do, I, it's, and it's. It, I think it is. What do you want to believe? What do you want to believe? Because um, we, I suppose, generations of our people have been told what to believe. Yeah. And yet we we used to probably have a much finer, more sustainable belief system that probably served us a lot better. And I think good things are coming. I have a very good feeling about the future that about the future I felt that this time was a really good time for and Bob Marley's playing in the background wonderful <laughs> yeah yeah um, but I, I did I feel I felt I really felt when I when I'd let go of my any of my negative thinking or any thinking I could get a really strong positive feeling about but like we've got one shot and we are told to believe told to believe so many things, whether it's advertising or or politics or propaganda or who to hate or who to love, um, we might we might as well not set any limits on what we believe. And and there's a lot out there to believe. There's a lot out there to and you know being still, pause, pausing. My my son is doing it. You know he'd go for a run and then he'd pause and just. Just let thoughts come in instead of following thoughts. Just see yeah. what see what comes. And I think, yeah, there's there's people, very advanced people sitting on a mountain there. There's very there's, and I think every time we do something from the heart with the fullness of our passion, we are connecting with with each other on that level. And so that's strong. Well, Liam, on that note, and a lovely note to finish on. Yeah, thank you very much for joining me on Ireland Talks podcast. Kevin, it's been a real, me. real pleasure. Cheers. Thank you. Thank you. 
The wonderful and inspiring Liam O'Mainley. Thanks to Liam for joining me on Ireland Talks podcast. For more on Liam O'Mainley, check out liamomainley.ie. And for the band, the band of course being the Hothouse Flowers, check out hothouseflowers.com. The current album from the Hothouse Flowers is available in all good record shops and online. And the title of the album is called Let's Do This Thing and a great album it is too. I'd like to thank the staff of the Garden of Remembrance for facilitating the interview and until the next time on Ireland Talks podcast, take care. Bye-bye. You can contact the podcast on irelandtalkspodcast at aol.com Find Ireland Talks podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you find your podcasts.